I want to show you something from the scripture that might that challenged me. That challenged the perception. I'm okay. You see, it's so easy to become arrogant. It's so easy to become arrogant because, well, I know the Bible. I know Jesus. I've had an experience. I want to show you from this how this is normal. And I want to show you Jesus' response to it. Now, Jesus had sent out these disciples. We Matthew 11, verse 1. Now, it came to pass when he had just finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. It's actually, for me, it's like their cities. You know, when we talk about my church, our church, their church, you know, their job, their place, he doesn't say his cities, their cities, to preach in their cities. And when John had heard, now this is John the Baptist, when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to him, are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Now John is in jail. Why? Do you know why John is in jail? John is in jail because he took on the spirit of Jezebel. He took on the spirit of Jezebel. You see, if we go back to Elijah, that queen that came in was a Baal priestess, and she tried to get the whole of Israel, because it was an amalgamation of kingdoms, to expand the kingdom, but she didn't want the God of Israel. She wanted her God. Baal, and she started teaching the people, and she raised up 400-odd prophets. And part of their rituals, well, we've got kids in class, okay, was, is that enough? Can we say it like that? Part of their worship was to experiment then, if you will. And when Elijah stood up, I want you to see, Elijah stood up and he called her out. And he said, because what happened? She, King Herod, or King Ahab wanted a piece of property. Remember that story? He said, no, I can't I give you this piece of property. And, 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 and. End of the day. End of the day. Elijah kills her prophets. Those Fires, remember the fires, the two altars burning? He kills the prophet. And then this is what Jezebel does. She causes you to be isolated. Number one, one number one sign of Jezebel is lust. Control. Manipulation. Isolation. Solitude and isolation, two different things. You can go away to the mountains and be isolated, in solitude. Or you can be in the middle here and be isolated. Nobody understands me. I'm alone. What I'm feeling, no one understands. I can't share with them. I'm cut off. 
That's the spirit of Jezebel right there. Now Elijah ran away and his ministry never recovered. Never. John the Baptist. Who is John the Baptist? It's Elijah coming back. You see, I want you to get this. I want you to write this down. You might, you might lose the battle. But with Christ, you will win the war. Elijah lost round one. Now, this is not reincarnation because, remember, he was taken away. Remember? He was taken away. It's not reincarnation. He didn't die then. He came back. Jesus says, if your heart's open, this is Elijah, come back. Make straight the way. And he faces the same spirit, Jezebel. King Herod took his brother Philip's wife. He took his brother's wife. Okay? And then he got called out by John. John said, what you're doing is wrong. You're doing wrong. He's calling out that same spirit again. And then he has a party. King Herod has a party. And he has Philip's wife. So he's, her daughter danced for him. I don't know what type of dance it was. But he was willing to give half of his kingdom to her. Can you see lust? Can you see lust operating? What will swing a king's head that far? This young girl come and dance in front of him. And he puts him in jail. And because of that, John lost his head. But we're not going to go there. He's in jail now. He's in jail. But before that, with during this, if you go back to chapter 5, so let's call it six months, a year, just so you can have time on your side, so you can understand time, it's six chapters back. John the Baptist is standing baptizing people. He's come out the wilderness, and he is baptizing people. And the whole of Jerusalem is coming out. That's 100 to 150,000 people. That's how many people are living on the south coast, census 2011. All of them line up to be baptized. Can you understand the experience John is having? He got a message from God, go baptize people. He goes, he's like a madman. What's he wearing? Camel clothes, eating wild honey, huh? Locusts. This mart is built. He's smelling. He's out in the wilderness. And all the sophisticated people are coming to be baptized. God is doing something. The Holy Spirit is moving. And in the midst of this, here comes Jesus. Here comes the Messiah. And as he walks, John sees it. He sees. He's, what does he say? He says, 
This is the Lamb of God. John is proclaiming, this is the Lamb of God coming to take away the sins of the world whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. Somebody prayed that this morning at the back and they didn't even know what's going on. I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm enjoying this because your spirit is confirming stuff. It's in confirming that this, this is the message for now. And John says, I'm not worthy. And he says, no, Lord, you must baptize me. And Jesus says to him, no, no, no. So we can make sure I set the right example. As an adult, I choose to be baptized. Okay? So I know I'm taking a punch there. And Jesus gets baptized. And what happens at that moment? Heaven opens up. The Son is present, Jesus. The Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. Not, it wasn't a little dove coming down. It like a dove landed upon him. And the Father spoke from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I want you to see what is John experiencing at this moment. John the Baptist, what's he experiencing? If you had to be there, I mean, what, how much more confirmation would you need? He's experiencing the whole 120-odd thousand people come out to receive the baptism because he has read, he didn't, he didn't read it, he wrote it. <laughs> Just make straight the way. Make straight the way. He's crying it out. And the people are actually listening to God. God's, that's, that's a dream come true. When you tell people repent. Because when you tell people repent, you know what happens? Can I tell you what happens when you tell people repent? Why must I repent? Yeah, well, you sin. So, why would God be angry with me? I spoke to a guy one day. He says, I've got a message you. God's not angry with you. So, why would he be angry with you? Well, because of your sin. You see, if you, don't, if you don't repent, if you're not saved, the Bible says the wrath of God is upon you. If you this, you got to understand, this is what the Bible, this is the part of the gospel that no one talks about, no one preaches, because everyone is a kumbaya Jesus. I want you to understand that Jesus is coming back with fire in his eyes. He's not coming back as blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus. He's coming back with his whole army of angels. That's why the word is there, the Lord of hosts. You and I, we can choose today to bow our knees and say Jesus is Lord. When he comes back, every nation, every tribe, every tongue will bow their knees. And they will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every arrogant preacher, every arrogant TV host, musician, mockery, What's going about every, I'm going to say it, every gay person that says Jesus understands will bow his knee. Every robber, every rapist, or every liar, every coward, every sinner will. Well, they will have no choice because then the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God comes. And to think for one second, one second, that we will be able to look up 
Himini's face is arrogance. It's because he says, Moses, I will put you. Moses had a kiss relationship. Moses was the guy that walked the closest with God. His face became luminous. That's how close he lived with God. That's how close God visited him in a tent. He says, Moses, I'm going to put you in a cliff of a rock. I'm going to put my hand over you because if you look upon my glory, you will die. No flesh can handle it. Cannot handle it. See, this is the difference. In, in, in the society that we live in, the world that we live in, God is made small. And we can say, use his name as a swear word. We can see it in movies being used. We can see it in music videos being mocked out and played out and have people make themselves crown of thorns of a $300 million and say, I'm representing and mocking Christ. Making God small. That day, that day, eyes will open up. The earth will shake. The graves popped open just when Jesus got crucified. What do you think is going to happen when he comes again? This is a mighty king. John the Baptist is saying, repent. All of this happens. He sees the magnitude of this. He sees it. John the Baptist. He's got a spiritual experience. Who's had a spiritual experience? Who has felt Jesus? Who's had an infilling of the Holy Spirit? Who has? There's many here. If you haven't, we, I would like to pray with you. If you open your heart, the Lord will. Because he doesn't have blue-eyed boys. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Don't deny me. John the Baptist had, you could not move John the Baptist because of this experience. So much so that he would call out the king. He would call him out. He'd tell him, listen, sir, what you're doing is deserving of hell. He's not sparing his feelings. See, he's because he's convicted in his inside. That's why he's saying, repent. Repent. Now in Acts, he says, do you want refreshing from the Lord? Who of us would like some refreshing of the Lord? Who wants to be invigorated? You know what it says in Acts? Repent for times of refreshing from the Lord. Repent. Stop justifying your sin. Wilco, stop justifying your sin. Stop it. No, 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 no. Repent. Lord, I'm sorry. What does repent mean? Repent means I turn away and I stop doing it. And I confess it. I confess it to somebody. I need to speak it. I need to get it out of my system. You see, when they were baptized in John's baptism, while they were being baptized, they were confessing their sins to people. Today, where's my sin? It's a secret. Am I right? You see, what happens on my laptop? That's a secret. The money that I stole... That's a secret. The lie that I tell, that's a secret. My kalim stash, that's a secret. Can't confess it. Or, it's my life, I won't confess it. For times of refreshing from the Lord, repent. Confess. And you will see God move. Now John the Baptist did this, the whole of Jerusalem came out. And Jesus, what happened? Miracles started happening. 
Miracles started happening. Suddenly, he started healing their sick. And the blind was, couldn't see. And the dead was raised. The lepers were cleansed. For times of refreshing. Repent and confess. Open up. As long as it's in the dark, who's in control of the dark? You can't have that. Don't say go stand on a street corner. Find somebody that you can trust. Now John the Baptist is in jail now. He's all forgotten, whether it be six months, six chapters, put a timeline there, whatever you want to. He has forgotten that experience. It's not as real to him as now. Yes, this dove. Yes, this glory. Yes, this thing. It's not as real to him anymore. And then he says, and he doubts. He doubts. John the Baptist doubts. Why? Because Jesus didn't come the way he thought he was going to come. That many of us, many of us, this is so, you see, John expected, like the, all the Jews, that the king would come and set them free from Jewish, or from Roman rule. And that they would ascend to a throne and the Jews would flourish. And they had an idea in their mind how Jesus would function in their life. Many people come to Christ with their own ideas how Jesus will deal in their hearts and their lives with them. And we've gone from the Greeks made a philosophy out of it. The Americans made a business out of it. Man, it's prosperity. I want you to understand, Jesus did not die for your prosperity. He did not die for your comfort. He died for your salvation. He cares less if you're hungry and go to heaven. Because you can go to hell with a full stomach. He says that much. He says if your left hand causes you to sin, what must you do? Chop it off. For it's better for you to go to heaven maimed than go to hell with both hands. It doesn't literally mean chop it off, but he's saying repent. Stop doing that. If your eye, pop it out. Who's up first? What's he mana? Because every man's eye has led him to sin. Am I right? Every man's eye has led him to sin. Let's pop it out. No, he's saying stop doing that. It's better for you to repent. Now John is in jail and he's forgotten about it. And he says what? He sends his disciples out. He sends it. See, many of us have experiences with the Lord. And we've forgotten what it was. And we've started to doubt. And this is normal. This is human. It's to, to, to cool down. To, to not having that which we imagined would happen in our lives when Jesus comes in. Not having that happen. Because somebody has painted a picture that wasn't a true reflection of the gospel. The Lord will take away all your problems. No. That's a lie from the pits of hell. The Lord will strengthen you to walk through all your troubles. That's what he'll do. He says, I will never leave you, never forsake you. Though you walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I am there with you. You will fear no evil. I can't turn it up. You understand? Even though 10,000 may fall on your right and 1,000 on your left, I will be with you. I will not leave you. 
and stop everything. Doesn't matter what the economy does. Doesn't matter if the tenants pay or the or the crop fails. God says, I will not leave. Now somebody says, no, no, you do this and you do that and you do that and you will prosper financially. And you will be, so they throw it out there, hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. No, that's not the true gospel. The true gospel is God will save your soul from hell. He died so that you didn't have to go to hell. That's the true gospel. Charles Spurgeon says, I can summarize my theology in four words. Jesus died for me, for my sin. Yeah. Four words. This is, this is a bit hard-hitting because we're so used to, or we could be used to, a watered-down version. Your best life now. I like to start with a joke. No. Peter prayed this morning, Lord, we're sick and tired of fake. We want genuine. Yes, we want genuine. I was just wondering if it was reflecting on me. <laughs> like, Lord, please, I don't want to be fake. <laughs> and John the Baptist sends out, and this is Jesus' answer. I want you to understand, we all have doubted. We all have gone through Stuff where we waver, where we've put our Bible down and we've cooled down and we, we wonder, or we've prayed for someone and we've not seen healing. And we doubt. And listen to Jesus' response. I love Jesus' response. Jesus' response is this, You go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to him. And he quotes Isaiah 35. So, we go to Isaiah 35 on the board, please. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. Jesus is saying to John, let me give you the criteria of the Messiah. The sent one. What do you need to settle the argument that he is Lord? What do you need? Every miracle that he's done, all of that, the experience that you have. John, John had the biggest experience of all. Well, how does Jesus answer him? Jesus takes him to the Word. You want to settle the argument in your own heart? Jesus says, just read my Word. You see, all of us can do this. All of us can do this. Is, this is easy. We can read. My father-in-law can't read because he's lost his sight. But the rest of us can read. We can just read. The Lord says, do you want to know who I am? Are you doubting? Are you wavering? Are you going through a tough time? This is my answer to John. John, what's written? You go tell John, Isaiah. 
That's all he says. The criteria of the Messiah is that the lame will walk and the blind will see and ears will open. Now, we've prayed for people here. We've had healings. Norman, where is Norman here today? One day we prayed for him, his leg grew out. We had that lady on that one Wednesday night here with the training. She hasn't been able to lift her leg since 18. She's close on to 60. The Lord heals her. We're not having all the healings we're trusting the Lord for. We're not there yet. We're not seeing people getting out of wheelchairs. My father-in-law is still blind. We've prayed. We're not seeing, but we are seeing some. We are seeing some miracles. Jesus says, you want to settle the account? What will settle it once and for all? It's not the signs and wonders. It's the word. It's the word. We can all read this. This is easy. We can all have enough discipline to open our Bibles and read and hear and see who Jesus is. Not the emotional experience we had, whether it be 10, 5 years, last week. No, because that will fade. Ask John the Baptist. He had the biggest experience of them all. Imagine a voice from heaven speaking now. You know what will happen? Can I tell you what will happen? You'll just see chairs flying, people running. It'll be gone. Chaos. Some people lie on the ground shouting, yes. Because that's a normal reaction. My message to you this morning is that all you need to settle this once and for all is to get your Bible and read it. Read it. Just read it. You can do this. You can, you can open it up and read it. You can wake up in the morning. You can decide to put one next to your toilet. You can decide to put one in the kitchen. You can decide to put one on your bedside. You can decide to put one in your car. Just open it. It doesn't take 30 seconds to read a verse and close it. It's all you need to do. And you will see the Lord starting to work in you, starting to turn, starting to build up your faith, starting to strengthen your inner man, so that like John, you can call out the king. Like John, God will give you a message, and you'll have the confidence to do it, and he will back you, because it becomes a God idea, not just a good idea. It's not a need-driven thing. It's a faith dream. God told me. He called me. I have seen men resign from 60,000 rand a month occupations because of the word of God. Go home. Because they suddenly realized this is what I need and not the money. And God provides for them and their lifestyle hasn't changed much. I've seen it. I've seen God take a pauper and just turn his life around and add to him. Not prosperity. Add to him.
We're going to take communion now. Wie gaan vir ons help daarsel? Who's been summoned to help? Nee, as die kinders nie. Not in this one, dankie naamtie. Who else? Kom Bonnie, kom help, kom grijp jylle daarsel. I like it to be informal guys, I don't like it to organize everything like that. Spontaneous things. You see, but while they hand it out, please just hand it out, just share, wait till everybody has, we're going to take it together, we're going to take it in a certain manner this morning. You see, when Jesus talks to John here, he says, or to his disciples and say, go back, tell John this, he's saying, John, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the dumb, they are speaking. Somewhere on all of us, there's a blind guy. Am I right? Somewhere in all of us, there's a blind guy. Somewhere in all of us, there's a dumb guy, a mute. Somewhere in all of us, the order is bikitu. This is for us. This is for now. Jesus speaks through the ages because his word it's an incorruptible word. His word will do. He hasn't changed. He still wants that. See, when we take communion this morning, I want you to really see Jesus, see what he's saying, see what his word says, and believe that. Believe that. Let that settle the score in your heart. That he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do for you. doesn't matter what it is, whether it be arthritis, high blood pressure, somebody's got a heart valve problem, the Lord's showing me a heart valve problem, the Lord's going to heal your heart, wants to heal your heart valve. Left, left heart valve. I'm like, this is what I'm literally hearing. <laughs> left heart valve. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He wants to heal. He still can. He still does. It's not an issue for him. Believe the word. We're just waiting for everybody to get. See, we're not into religion. We're into relationship. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He doesn't wait for. He doesn't want. He wants you to see. And this is why John the Baptist is saying, "Are we waiting for another?" Not another thing, another person. He says, no, go tell him, I am the Messiah. I fill the credentials. Jesus is here for you this morning. He's here for you this morning. Father, as we hand out the elements, Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are here this morning. Every doubting thought right now, we're commanded to leave in Jesus' name. Every whisper that says, I can't be healed, we bring into captivity. Everything that says, it's not for today, it's not for me, maybe for other people, we expel that right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we come and sit at your feet, Father. You know each one of us. 
and you love us just the way we are. You're not going to leave us like that. That's, this we know. But you love us. You love us. And because of that, Lord, you died on a cross for us. For our sins, for our mistakes. If you are experiencing any conviction in your heart right now, any conviction in your heart right now, I want you, as the music's a little bit louder, the background sounds just a little bit louder, I want you just to whisper to the Lord. Just whisper to the Lord. Sorry about that. Just sorry, Father. Sorry for rooting too hard. Sorry for kicking the dog, whatever it might be. Sorry for betraying your wife. Sorry for watching that movie and not turning off. Sorry for that, that language that you've been using. Maybe you had too much to drink last night, Lord. Sorry. Just for times of refreshing. He says, I spilled my blood for the forgiveness of your sin. This is to be applied to us today. We say, sorry, Lord. I'm taking this. I'm seeing you. I'm applying it to me. When that, when, if it's quiet, and there's a peace in your heart, take, take, take a, a drink. Father, thank you that you spilled your blood for our sins, and that you wash us white as snow right now. Thank you for times of refreshing that comes from this. Thank you, Lord, that we are in right standing with you right now. As we've confessed and we are clean before you. We're open before you. As we forgive those who trespass us against us, Lord. Might have been our parents, might have been our colleague, our husband, our children, friend, might have been our pastor. But as we forgive, as we forgive, we receive your forgiveness. If you need to forgive somebody, won't you just speak to the Lord right now? All you have to say is, Father, I release and forgive and put the name in there. I'm no longer holding them accountable. I'm no longer angry at them. Letting it go. Maybe it's the guy that molested you. Maybe it's the teacher that belittled you. Just forgive right now. Thank you, Lord. If my body was broken for your healing, by my stripes, you were healed. If there's somebody with heart problems, would you just put up your hand? This is somebody with a heart problem. Thank you. 
There it is. The Lord's word is accurate. If you've got cholesterol, diabetes, cancer, hypertension, anything, arthritis, rheumatoid, immune system, your immune system not functioning properly, forgetfulness, dementia, name it. He paid the price. His body got broken so yours can be whole. So the blind see and the lame walk. Just say that, Father, I receive your healing. In Jesus' name. I believe that you can and want to do it. As I take this now, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for raising us up. Thank you for coming to spend time with us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, for washing us clean and forgiving us. Thank you for healing us. Now, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. As you go out, go act like you are clean and like you are healed. Go do something that says, I am healed. Go act like you're forgiven. Go do something and say, I am forgiven. Thank you. God bless you. Come on, let's drink coffee.